Hello and welcome to another episode of Ladies of Leisure. And this time, it's another solo podcast. Some of you may be fans of the solo podcast with Lisa Cucci. Some of you may be wishing that Slojana or another guest speaker was here. But we're going to have some fun and we're going to learn some stuff because that's what Ladies of Leisure does. We get some butter off some buns, we laugh out loud, and we're just a little bit productive. What's interesting is it finally felt like fall. I could go out, I could actually wear long sleeves for once and not actually sweat. I do not have my knee boots out where I can just wear leggings and pretend they're pants and actually not feel ashamed of myself. If Slojana was here, she would probably also agree, as I know we fit into the fall motif really well, especially at work. You just put on a tunic or a dress and you just pretend that that's normal attire. So fall is here, and I don't know how most people feel. I mean, a lot of people get into the pumpkin spice latte really into September, but it still felt like silly summer. And now fall has hit, and the leaves are changing because it's the D.C. area. There's pumpkin patches everywhere. I even took my kids to the Burke Nursery um, pumpkin patch where there's all these castles and other things. You basically pay $15 a person in order to get your kids to take a nap. I guess if you're a couple, you might go, although I don't know why. I'm trying to think of all the reasons why you might go. There's just a ton of kids just running everywhere. The most unexpected fun part was you get on a hayride and you're like, well, hayride, sure, whatever. There's not even any hay on the ride. And you get on it and they start tootling around. The kids are just excited because it's a moving vehicle with no doors or windows to keep them in. And then they enter this little pathway and they have gone all out with skeletons that dance to music, just creepy costumes. I I don't want to say that the budget is epic because it's not. It would be like raiding a thrift store and someone's attic and then putting out all these like costume things. The kids loved it. There is a flying witch that actually is like rotating around backwards. It was hilarious. So it's officially fall because I have paid $15 to experience that. I also have these fantasies of entering my house and it smells like apples or mulled cider. And because I have an instant pot, I can just like melt those down and make like beautiful things happen with those. But that's how you know it's official. I want cinnamon. I want nutmeg. I want apples. I want smells. And I keep all the windows open, despite the fact that it's dropping down to like 40 or 50 degrees at night. I want to feel cold in my house, and I want fresh air blowing, and it's beautiful. So welcome, fall. I'm glad you could finally join us. So it's fall, and it's also the anniversary. I believe November 10th is the Ladies of Leisure anniversary. So it's all these things that are changing. Leaves are changing. 
I get to change my wardrobe. And there's a bunch of feelings that I get around this thing of like, we've done something for an entire year. A listener could go back every week and hear us almost for 52 weeks. The question that me and Slajana have asked ourselves is what have we stuck with? And we'll have a whole podcast about what have we stuck with. But I thought I would do more of a deep dive on myself and what I've gotten out of this. So it's going to be Elisa Cucci, deep dive on what I've gotten out of Ladies of Leisure and what Ladies of Leisure mean, especially since our next word of the week is going to be change. So before every word of the week, we think about what does that mean? Everyone's seen maybe my mind maps if you go onto Instagram. But some of the changes over the past year that I've experienced is a lot of managing expectations. An example I'll use is just this week at work, I was talking with one of my colleagues and she pointed out that while our job is not great, human resources, nobody likes human resources. You just want to love to hate them. I used to be one of those people that love to hate HR. But in human resources, we're on a team and we have so much fun. We actually enjoy coming to work. And it's because my colleague pointed out, we'll work on a project. We leave at different times a day. One of my colleagues leaves at 1. Another one leaves at like 6. I leave at 5.30. And when we come back in, we read an email on what everyone completed, where they left off. And it never occurs to us that that person didn't hold up their end of the bargain. We don't have to recheck their work. We trust that they did it. And we also trust that they did it correctly. And we don't have to go back and do anything. And then we just move on. And then they've also let us know enough details that we can continue to move on in the most efficient way possible. And we also admit to each other when we've had problems where someone will say, oh, by the way, I noticed this didn't work. Here's my recommendation. Is everyone cool with that? And we usually are because it's pretty good recommendations. My colleague pointed this out because she realized it's one of the first times in her life that she has worked on a team that that's the case. And I thought about it and I thought, how many times have I worked on a really efficient team? I worked at the Olive Garden, and that was amazing because it's the Olive Garden. They have soups on breadsticks all over the place. But they also were just a bunch of fun people. But when I say it was the most efficient team, as we were when, like, it was a packed house, but there's always a couple servers that just fall apart or a hostess that just doesn't understand. I think this is, like, a really well-oiled machine I'm on right now, but I realized... Ladies of Leisure, me and Slojana, and then all of the listeners that provided feedback has been a pretty well-oiled machine. So when I said now is a time of change, it also made me realize how much I have changed. And I wonder if other people have this in their lives. Is there someone to give you a steadying pace? So I have always been with significant others that have challenged me and, always, and told me no. It was very important they were 
able to stand up and tell me no because I'm a very confident person and I will bulldoze into something without thinking. So Jane has been one of those people that has been able to be like, "Mm, you should probably think twice about that. And over the course of the year, I'll hear what she says repeatedly because we'll either see each other at work or we'll come on to Ladies of Leisure and we'll talk about something. We'll re-listen to podcasts and realize, oh, yeah, we've been doing that a couple times. And it's left an impression on me that I don't know if I've gotten it before. I've had friends that have left impressions, but it it's not the same when you have to podcast almost weekly. Then you see each other at work and you're planning out a project. The other thing that I was doing this week that challenged some people into this idea of, do you have that person to challenge you? And then are you challenging yourself? I have realized over time that with me and Slajana, Slajana often takes uh, a step back and says, I'm just going to pick like one or two goals. And I would pick like 20. And I've started morphing into Slajana's, uh, I guess, theme. Well, like, is it a theme to just pick two goals? I think it is. I've adopted that because I could see you get an immediate success win. And for years now, I've been trying to tackle like to-do lists in the same way, goals. I still struggle with getting up in the morning or even having just 20 minutes of free time and turning around and being like, well, I would like to paint. I would also like to embroider. I would also like to suddenly learn how to use my camera. And I also think that I should start a blog post that I might not finish. And I will either start doing all of them or I will just never finish them or just think about starting all of them and not even even get to the point of starting. So I've adopted those like key things of trying to only do two things at once. But the question I was asking coworkers that really was interesting on people's reactions were, what is your five-year goal and what are you doing to get closer to it? When Slajana and I started the podcast, we thought about it for months before we did it. We talked it out, we described it, and we finally got around to doing it, and it was much easier than we expected it because we had talked so much about it. We had researched the heck out of it and everything like that. So when I asked people what their projects were, some of them had existential crises on, I don't know that I have a five-year goal, or their five-year goal was something that didn't relate to anything they were doing. And I also had that problem. I have many goals, like write a book and some other things, that like drift in and out of my life, and it's not coming along like I would progress. But five years is one of those time frames where it's very easy to think about deep thoughts on it. It's the same reason I love the 101 things in 1001 days is it's a list of small ish not necessarily a big five-year goal but small ish things you can do in 1001 days that's over three years so it's a little bit more like oh well in three years to go jump out of a plane or 
three years to put my garden together. And having these deep thoughts about big goals, I wonder if it's just me. Um, And the way Sajan and I operate now is to have both medium goals of the word of the week and then have these big lofty goals. For example, Sajana has wanted to go and get promoted at work, but also go live abroad. And starting next summer, she's going to be living in, in London. So she has both those and the ladies of leisure goals in the background. When I talk to people, especially given the five-year project, watching some people rolled off of it. I don't want to say this is everyone. I had one person who was like, oh, I'm going to go live in England. It only took them like 30 seconds. And then asking them, well, day to day, what are you doing to get towards that? They could break it down a little bit more. Another person had a goal that after five minutes of thinking through, it was something that didn't relate to anything they were doing job-wise, professional-wise, but it was a need she saw of making an app or gamifying how you use money for people who don't have real money right now. So, for example, how do teenagers learn? Here's is a savings checking account. How to save some of their stuff, buy stocks. How would they know to do that? I took a life skills class in college, but I can say there were definitely a couple times I called my dad and I was like, oh no, I totally don't know how to use my finances. I'm an adult now. I'm making real money. I, I live by myself. Could you just give me like $100 to make it to next week? Which is embarrassing. And you only need a couple of those times to be like, okay, you need to shape up. But she was thinking can't you do it earlier? Like this should be something that we're teaching and focusing on is real world skills, but we're not. We're instead making sure you get SAT scores and you use those words in big lofty conversations in your future work. So yeah, so going back, it's fall, we're changing. And what is your big five-year idea? One person was so upset they didn't have a five-year dream, but then I pointed out they had just built a house in, uh, I I don't want to say the middle of nowhere, but it was definitely one of like the the suburbs, and they built it to their customization, they've moved in, they're now decorating. To me, that was your five-year dream. So if you just completed a five-year dream, this doesn't count. Like You can (laughs) keep on going. I love hearing about people's five-year dreams. It's kind of the voyeur in me where I love talking to people and then they reveal like little snippets. And it's not so much like they're crazy, uh, like, you know, dirty secrets. It's mostly just, oh, I plan on doing this job move. I find that fascinating. So I would love to hear people's five-year dreams because I also think those are some like really interesting ones. Um, I love it when listeners come up and they say something that they've done even if it's just getting a bullet journal and I love seeing their bullet journals which brings me to my next uh, thing about changes so as always we have to think about ahead of time um, but I started going down this rabbit hole of ahead of time thinking what changes do I want to make 
but what changes do I want to make with myself? And this is, you know, positive self-talk. It's not, I need a new nose. Um, I need to change my, my body weight or something. This is more like, what is something about myself that I think is changeable and I would like to change? And it's not what we did. If you listen to one of the last solo podcasts, I talked about wanting to be a coder. Eh, yeah, I, I keep trying to jump into that job. <laughs> we'll see. But I feel like that's not a change so much as a dream, a wish, identity about myself. Um, a change would more be like, I feel like I should be an extrovert in real life and in my online presence. And what's weird about saying that is, an example is I was at a career fair this week and I was talking to a bunch of people, strangers never met before or people that recognized me, I didn't recognize them and then they had to remind me. So even the awkward parts loved it. I would deep dive with people on some of their problems like what's your next career jump? Do you need help getting there? Uh, what offices might you be interested in? Stuff like that. And I missed lunch and didn't eat until like 2 p.m. And I was doing it for five hours. It was just such an energy high that I, I didn't need to stop. That's the kind of extrovert people hate where it's like I'm sucking the energy away from all the introverts around me. But I'm actually the opposite with my online, like I don't want to call it avatar, but my online self. I will read articles. You hear Slajana and I talk all the time about reading all the articles. I never really give feedback. I rarely comment. In fact, one of my goals years ago was to just leave 50 comments with people. And what I'm finding now is I crave that feedback for this podcast, like should we be doing different words? Should we be doing uh, different segments? Do people like the guest speaker series? But I am not putting myself out there, so why would I expect people to do the same? Instead, when I see people in real life and they say, oh my gosh, I listened to Wade's episode, I grab a hold of them. I'm like, fantastic. Tell me all the things you thought. Which is fine, but it's not sustainable if there are listeners that are in the real world <laughs> that I rarely talk to. Even our Dan the Sound Guy, I feel like he is the strongest online presence I have because I email him a funny one-liner when I send him our podcast. And then he likes uh, occasionally our Instagram posts. It's like, eh, that's not really engagement as most people would describe it. It's mostly just a transaction. We are, in fact, paying him, so <laughs> he should be part of that anyway. It's not really an engagement part. So one of the things I would love to change is being more engaged with the community because I do think ladies of leisure, our intent with Slajana was always to be a community. We wanted to start this podcast to bring up issues but mostly because we thought on our own we were doing and saying things that we imagined a 
gaggle of ladies in the real world would be sitting around drinking coffee or wine, whatever you prefer, and talking about. And that's what we imagined, that there's ladies out there who are trying to better themselves, but they're being realistic about it and trying to find creative ways to inject leisurely activities into their lives. So as part of this, so Jane and I have attempted to do a retreat health-wise. Things have had to take a back burner on that. So what I'm going to do for my little part on my five-year goal of having a ladies of leisure community that's fully engaged in everything is to post on Instagram almost daily. You got to have like a little qualifier in there. If I say daily and then like I mess up one day, then like I just take that uh, really hard and give myself a D minus. And as some guest speakers on the podcast before have said, we need to have manage expectations and celebrate our wins. So almost every day, I'm going to be trying to post something with a question that I really would like answered. So earlier this week, I posted this awful uh, organization of toys that my kids did one night. And I was just looking at it. I was like, well, it solved one problem where there were toys all over the floor. Now it's just this like gaggle of toys and everything. And it brought me back to thinking about, well, a year ago we talked about Marie Kondo. I haven't really completed that yet. And I have like only like a month to to do so. So I posted that asking for tips. Like what are other people struggling? Did people finish Marie Kondo? Am I the only failure? So I'm going to start posting almost daily. Another example is a little series we're going to hashtag called 10 Minutes of Leisure. I've had some listeners give feedback that they like to know like what we're doing throughout the week instead of just this one blob of a podcast that we put out on a Friday. And so I'll put 10 minutes of leisure hashtag on things. So like one that didn't really relate to the changes so much that we're working on right now. It was more of the reading and the doing. It was, I got a uh, kawi, I probably said that wrong, but kawi, which means really cute in Japanese, kawi doodles book. So you can see that on Instagram. And for about 10 minutes a day, I was trying to draw just one of the uh, examples from a book. And she has like all these cute examples. And so I posted what I did. And one good thing was I'm I'm in front of my children and they see me like reading and drawing. They come over and ask, what are you doing? And then on the 18th time I did it, my my oldest finally pulled up a pad and was like, I will draw. I will say I managed to snap a picture before after four minutes. He was like, "Mm, and I'm done now. So, you know, Instagram is full of lies or not lies, facades. So don't think that. Suddenly, this habit I got all of a sudden has changed my life. It's not. My oldest is still not into crafting unless it's slime or drawing. Luckily, my youngest has shown an aptitude to just smear uh, markers and chalk all over the place. So there's hope for at least one crafty person who can be like my buddy in all my crafty adventures. So another part I would like to increase for my online presence is being in other forums. I 
stalk other forums like a big creepster where I go in, look at what a bunch of people do. So an example is crafter.org, since we were just mentioning crafty pursuits. And it's got thousands of people on there. It's free. You go on and people post all of the crazy craft projects they do. They have it segmented by all of the different topics. And of course, I'm interested in every topic. You never know when I want to pull up woodworking, maybe some soldering, and make some crazy computer doll face. In this case, I decided to put money towards this effort. And when I say that, have you ever seen the apps where one of my coworkers in St. Louis is doing this? If you do steps, you're competing with other people, and if you do more steps, then you get money back. So it's, I guess it's a step challenge. There's also ones where if you pay money into it and you don't finish your goal, let's say, um, maybe it is even steps, but I was thinking if you didn't follow through on one of the things that you were supposed to challenge yourself to do, they take your money away. So it's almost like you're forced and they give away charity. It's not like some corporation stealing your money. This was my version of doing that. So I joined an online group and it was based on one of the books I read over the summer, the um, Make It Ugly book by Kim Worker. And she was just a crafty person. She's into crochet. Uh, that is the one craft I will never get into. That one in knitting. It's just, uh, there's something about it that I'm like, ugh, ugh. I just, even thinking about it, just, I just should, ugh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is about it, but I can't handle it. So anyway, she does a lot of that. But the book she wrote was basically a series of exercises pointing out, like, sometimes you just need to make something ugly so that you can see that for yourself. So I've been working uh, on my little uglies and finding that, yeah, it, it turns out making something ugly is not nearly as bad as you would think. I've made a couple collages. I've made some, like, clay things from my, like, retreat I did, like, in June. I followed on to that. And, yeah, they're not great all the time. But it's also just practice, which is something I could use a little bit more of practicing. So I joined her online group because it's small. Uh, I joined Patreon, which is where you pay to be a part of it and you get perks back. And I feel like that is a way for me to say, well, I'm paying for this. It's like those gym memberships you get. Well, I'm paying for this. I should probably go. And if you don't go, you feel like bad. So it's m more like guilt on yourself. So my goal is to introduce myself and try to be one of those members that has numbers next to their name because of all the things that they say in the forums. And it's small. It's like a couple. I don't even think it's over 200 people yet. So that's my goal. I hope that it'll help me be a lady of leisure on a, a higher level. So as listeners, uh, you can always help me by reaching out on Instagram. Sladjana is also on Instagram. And if you love Sladjana more, uh, feel free to reach out to her. She would love to hear from you. And the other thing that uh, you can do is just direct email us at contact at ladiesofleisure.net. I'd love to hear 
um, if you hate these solo podcasts, if you're like, I would just rather not have a Friday podcast if you can't fill it in. Or if you're like, you know what, Slajana should do more of these solo podcasts. I agree. Slajana should do more of these solo podcasts. That's a great idea. <laughs> so anyway, find us on Instagram. Find us on Spotify or iTunes. Spread the word that you are a lady of leisure. You're listening. And if you also would like to be a guest speaker, we are also open to having guest speakers be a part of our group. In fact, guest speakers really enhance our group. And then if you have any other deep thoughts, we would love to hear them. So I challenge you, have your own deep thoughts. You know, sit down and have like your five-year goal conversation with yourself. What changes would you like to make in yourself? And then come and engage with me. I would love to hear from you. Let's let's try to make Lisa's change of being an extrovert online a real thing as much as possible. And have a great fall week. LOL.